Hello and welcome to episode 31 and this week I want to talk about revenge and the emotions that come up. I'm actually putting together, I'm hoping that it's going to be launched this week. I'm actually in the process of uploading it all, a workbook on creating a perfect healing plan and it's this sort of thing that helps you go from wanting to know what's going on and um, believing this is all your fault and it's sort of a hand-holding process and and I came up, I was looking for something and I was did a quick search on my laptop and an old podcast, came, uh, not podcast, a YouTube video or the script for it came up and it was Revenge is Best Served Cold and I thought oh, it's a great place to start this week. Welcome to the Mind Fuckery podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth, author of Finding Lily and the A to Z of Emotional Abuse. I'm here to remind you that love should be unconditional. Divorcing emotionally is life-changing and that you have a duty of care to yourself. Each week, I will discuss some of the terms you may hear along this journey and I will help you understand and process what's happening. I will help you find the best habits as you start to take back the control of your own life and learn the tools to heal on a deeper level, becoming the best version of yourself. So what is the meaning behind the phrase, revenge is a dish best served cold? It's more about getting vengeance on a person and it could be that you're plotting your revenge but a lot of people coming out of these relationships aren't at that place initially they are stuck and they become encompassed I don't know whether that's the right word but they because the whole relationship and what happened and the ending of it it becomes absorbing it consumes your whole life from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed and even your dreams and I think it depends on the type of wounding as to how you respond so it might be that you're trying to prove that you're okay and it might be that you're surrounded with people that are saying he or she don't they don't know what they've lost and and things like that and you might be even trying to prove that they have lost something and to be perfectly honest stepping back and when you're out of this all-consuming emotion you and you start to understand the vehicle that is narcissism or the label that it is means that this personality type they don't recognise what they've lost because it to them that isn't what the goal is. It's about moving on to the next. What's next? What is the next upgrade? It's like somebody getting a new iPhone upgrade or a new car or a new house. It's the next progression. And to them, that's what their life is. It's a progression. Who can offer me a better? Who can do for me more? Who has more money? Who has a better house? Who has better, I don't know, contacts at work I don't know but whatever it is that's their thing because there will be each and each and every one of them has their own thing they will be upgrading and they don't have to be upgrading to this isn't about looks this isn't about personality this is about what that person can offer them in the way of attention in the way of how they look and how they will be presenting themselves. And that's what it boils down to. But is revenge really what you want? 
personally, I don't know that it is. And uh, if you are able to dig deep inside yourself and ask, you know, do I want revenge or karma? Or is this part of a healing process? And you could even ask, is this part of the cognitive dissonance taking place? So cognitive dissonance is where we experience a state of holding two or more contradictory thoughts or beliefs at the same time. And cognitive dissonance is the reason people say they feel like they're going crazy, but it's a very specific type of crazy. And it's a form of abuse and it penetrates on so many different levels. Your brain was told one thing and then you're now discovering the truth. And it's like these clackers. I have, I had a pair, I've moved and I don't know what I've done with them. And when I was um, a child, you could buy them on a bit of a string. There were two big plastic balls and you clacked them together and they were called clackers well, they were in the UK, I don't know where what they were called in other parts of, of the world. But they this is what's happening. Your brain has is clashing together. And I, I you know, if you can visualize your brain, it, this isn't actually how your brain works, but if you visualize a picture of a brain and it's got these two halves, it's like a walnut, and you look at it, it's got these two halves. To me, in my head, it's like these two parts of the brain are clashing together because you're now discovering what you were told to be the truth was actually a lie. And loads, this is a really common question. Did they love me? Was this a, was this relationship real? Because all this information is contradicting what they were telling you, how amazing you were. When they put you back on that pedestal each time they abused you and took you through that cycle of abuse. So this is what's happening at that time when you come out of this relationship. And this continues. It does lessen, but it does continue until the whole system has calmed down and it's come into one and it understands that the information that you were told was a lie and you start to peel back the layers and realize that the person you thought you were in love with doesn't actually exist. It was a figment of your imagination. And if you actually take it one step further, actually what they were mirroring back was you. So you were actually falling in love. This is my take on it. This is how I see it. You actually fell in love with yourself because they pick someone and they like all these different qualities about them. They also have the, all these questions. This It's like a tick sheet of how, how you're going to respond to the way that they work and manipulate people. And when you start to tick and fall in, they see all these qualities that they like and they wish they had. So they take them from you and they mirror them back. And this is why I say it's like falling in love with yourself. But your mind is clashing together and you don't know what's up, what's down, what's left, what's right, what's backwards, what's forwards. You were literally duped. And do you know what? There's probably part of you that does want you or hopes that they get treated by someone in the same way that they've hurt you. And it might even be that you plot your revenge and it's you that hurts them. And you know, that's probably a natural response. I think it's Caroline Meiss that says, you know, we're living now, it's now dated to want revenge and we should be recovering. I've, I, I used to follow Caroline a lot. I haven't followed her work for the last few years. I, there was something didn't feel right when I last read her book, her last book. I don't know what it is. It just didn't sit with me. But it is natural to 
want that. It, it's an inbuilt, inbuilt thing. I think it runs through our DNA. But what you're doing is while you're waiting for karma to be served up or revenge to be served to them on a platter, whether it's you who does it or somebody treats them in the same way, your life is on hold. And you might feel trapped. You might be trapped in rumination. Something, you know, they use so many different tactics. They have so many different tools, gaslighting, triangulation. You were manipulated into believing that they cared for you and you handed over the power and control of your life to them. If you're not careful, you get stuck and it turns you even crazier, watching and waiting, following them, wanting to see what's going on. And it might be that you plot your revenge using the tactics that they used on you. But I promise you, it's going to turn you crazier and it will not end well because they are master manipulators. They are the master manipulator. You will end up getting hurt. And although we have, you know, we're like diamonds and we've got, we're multifaceted, and we do have this ability to hurt others, it isn't really the core of our DNA. So it doesn't feel right to be doing this. It isn't beyond what you can do. It just doesn't feel right. And then when that doesn't feel right, it doesn't work and it backfires and you're the one that actually gets hurt. So when you come out of a toxic relationship, there's so many things going on in your body and in your mind and you're a bit like a drug addict or someone trying to give up an addiction. You've got these cravings, but this craving that you've got is for a person and you're trapped. You had no idea that the abuse was going on. And it's the trauma bonding that is one of the reasons it's hard to heal. The damage caused puts you in a state of confusion. It makes it hard or it made it hard for you to enforce boundaries within that relationship. But it also makes it really painful to stay away from them. So they got you addicted to these hormone rushes. So oxytocin, dopamine. And they did this through the love bombing. And then they started to introduce stressful situations, releasing your stress hormones. The four Fs, fight, flight, form, freeze, they activated or they triggered within you and they were manufacturing emotions. All these words, okay, these, these aren't natural. These were purposefully done. And these emotional wounds are like physical wounds. They hurt. It's like being kicked or punched or pushed over. And this to me is why it's so important to deal with the emotional trauma because the emotion sits and is held within the body and it causes more damage. It's what keeps you trapped. It's what keeps you going crazy. It's breaking these chains, getting the closure that you need, breaking the trauma bonds. All of this helps. But when you're looking and waiting for revenge, plotting revenge, waiting for them to get karma, your life is on hold. And said the karma, you might even justify it, making it into a spiritual term. They caused harm, so harm must at some point come back to them. And that the universe will actually equal, equal it out in some way. And karma means action. So good action gets good consequences. Bad actions get bad, uh, bad consequences. Good means selfless, not from the ego. Bad is selfish actions. And you might be waiting for this revenge. You might be waiting for karma to come and bite them. But actually karma's from the inside. And whether that's good karma or bad karma, it comes from within. 
So let's look at it from a different perspective. So you're sitting there waiting for some action to happen, something to happen to them so that you feel better about what they've done to you. I mean, that might not be exactly how it feels to you at the moment. But actually, if karma is from the inside, what's happening on the inside, let's look at it in a different way. They're empty. They are never, ever going to be full. They have missing parts. They've shut off part of their personality because they don't like it. Unlike you, who is in a position that can heal, who is willing to take responsibility for their actions, take responsibility for for their healing, your healing, you can change your life. The emotional abuser will never ever do that because it's never their fault, there's never anything wrong with them and it's always somebody else. So when you live from that perspective, it's never me, you're never going to be able to fill yourself up on good. So karma is always within them and they are always experiencing bad karma because that's how they feel about themselves. They only have a false self, a fake self. And that's why they behind, but, but that's why they hide even behind a mask. They create a persona. So they move into the sphere of someone that they like and they find out all this information during that love bombing stage. And they create a persona around it. And they see the things that they like about this person and they take them for themselves. And so I say, you're looking in a mirror, falling in love with yourself because they've stolen all your good qualities. They leave you feeling completely empty because they take everything, because they are empty. And in a way, they are living this karmic existence with bad karma. So while you're waiting for revenge, while you're waiting for karma to hit them, know that it already has and it has been most of their life. They cut off a part of themselves during a traumatic event in childhood. That's how I see it. And they live in this traumatic state for the rest of their lives. But as I said, nothing's their fault. They can't see there's anything wrong with their behaviour it's always somebody else. So they're never, ever going to be able to do anything about it. And while this is happening, while you're you're waiting, your life is on hold. They created this fake future. And you might even be wanting to try and relive it. You might be watching somebody step into your shoes. You're waiting for something to go wrong, for somebody to hurt them in the way that you were hurt or you are hurting. Where does this come from? What wound is this? And is vengeance a dish best served cold? Are you still waiting for them to experience karma? Living in hope that someone else will cause them the pain that they caused you? Are you waiting for that moment that vengeance will be served? Or are you ready to take a deep breath and take a step forward? It doesn't have to be your best foot. Either one will do. They set out to destroy you. They will never know how much damage they have really caused and how many people may have even taken their lives because of their behavior. They have a false self, a fake reality, and they do this from the ego to protect themselves. Remember, you lived in that life. That person that's living now with them or stepped into your shoes or creating a new fake future will be living in exactly the same way. 
These people don't know any different. They just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. They might learn a few tricks here and there. They will have learned from you things that you didn't like. They'll make a note that you're not to do that just in case they get caught out. Ask yourself while you're waiting for this revenge, for this karma, what are you trying to prove? That you aren't crazy? What they've missed? What they've missed out on? Ask yourself what is driving the wound? Are you trying to pretend to everybody, including yourself, that you're not crazy or you're not hurt? Are you trying to justify some of the crazy behavior where this cognitive dissonance kicked in, this trauma bonding that kept you trapped. They are unhappy and bitter and full of rage and they have been faking it since their childhood. They learn early on how to deflect and blame others and hide. So what is happening to you while you're waiting? They live in a constant state of alert, trying to stay out of abandonment hell. And their fragile inner self is in pain. Every slight made or criticism, it cuts them. That's why they go into a rage. They will always be trapped. And they move from drama to drama, claiming they actually hate it. They are never going to experience what it's like to feel whole. They're never going to know what it's like to connect and bond because they live in a constant fear of abandonment. And you might be in pain now, you know how to feel, you know what it's like, you know this hell inside you. You might even feel imprisoned by these emotions, by these wounds. But what they also did, when they were mirroring back all the positive qualities, they were also mirroring back the wounding that you had. And I talk about the childhood wounds a lot, and I am going to talk about them even more. Maybe not today, but this is where it stems from. And this wounding that they're mirroring to you is a guide. It tells you what you need to heal, where that pain is. Acknowledge it. I let mine, I sat with it. There were days that I really wanted to. I remember getting a phone call halfway through a crying episode, but I really wanted to experience these emotions. I wanted to take these emotions from being really hurt and crying through them until I got to the end of laughter. Let me leave you with this. We're all on the same narcissistic scale, but for the abuser, when there was a trauma or abandonment, they chose to abandon themselves so they live in constant karma. They are manipulative, they are aggressive, they destroy people's souls, they're very self-centered and arrogant, they lack empathy, they don't consider other people, they have an excessive need for admiration, they might be patronizing and demanding, and if the real meaning of karma is an internalization of this, just think what they're doing to themselves and what they're living on a continual basis day to day. And one of the first things you want to do is to tell everybody in your life, in your sphere, who you were connected with jointly, what happened to you. You want to unmask them. You want to tell them who they are. You want to say, it wasn't me, it was him, it was her. And you might be thinking about it in a way that you want an eye for an eye type justice. I want to urge you to do more healing because those thoughts are coming from your wounds. And I'm sure you don't want to hurt anymore. The abusers are bullies. They use other people's fears and insecurities to hurt them. And if you're fully healed, then they can no longer hurt you. And when you step up to do the healing you're stepping into creating an amazing life, an amazing future, this one that's real, that you are fully invested in, that works for you. 
not one that they took some of your ideas and then changed it into what they wanted. They don't want you to do this. So maybe this is where the karma and the vengeance comes from. They actually don't want you to do this because they actually would like you to be a form of supply in their life. You're sitting on the edge, looking in, waiting for the karma and vengeance to happen. They know that you're waiting. They know your life's on hold, waiting for them. They know if they pick the phone up, they'd get some response whether it's pain, whether it's anger, that's what they want. They know that they have still got that power and control over you. And for them, that's all they need. They need to top themselves up. So perhaps the real karma comes from healing yourself because it's something they can't do. They will never, ever feel whole. I'm going to leave it there, I think. And as I said, I'm working on this this book. It should be uploaded by the end of today, I hope. And then I've still got to tweak it, I think because I'm using a new platform that I've never used before. So it's all a big learning for me. But I hope this has been useful. You know, I, as I said, I will be talking about wounding and how we get wounded in other series. And there is still this one that wants to do on grief, which I'm sort of finalised some of the wording. That will be in a few weeks' time now. So I'm sending you loads and loads of love until next time.